morning, everybody. How's everybody doing? Hey, listen, I'm just going to be honest with you. That last song is an extremely hard song to sing, if you couldn't tell. Thanks. Appreciate that. I'll pay you, I'll pay you later. Um, but I've always loved that song, and I just thought, you know what, what would be a better song to do, do than that one with this sermon today? But I just want to kind of give a shout out to everybody. For those of you who ran the marathon this morning, if you happen to be listening to this, more power to you. I had... I had a Monster Energy drink and a donut this morning, so um, just kidding about the donut part, but I did have a Monster Energy drink. So if I speed things up this morning, I'm extremely sorry to start waving your hand and going, Derek, you're speaking too fast. But, all right, I got you. But we, like, I don't know about you guys, but I've absolutely loved this series that we've been in. And hope you, hopefully you have too, um, because listen, there's something about the Holy Spirit, man, that's just like, like, it's almost like the person I never knew. You know what I'm saying? Like, we've, I've learned about the Father, i learned about the Son, but it was like almost I never really heard about the Holy Spirit very much. And, you know, like, I've, I've loved learning about this, how, how like, like, we have this ultimate, never-ending connection to our Father in Heaven through the Holy Spirit, which is crazy to think about. We have this endless power, power, that's, that, power to do the impossible through the Holy Spirit. We have this comforter, this healer. We have this, the, the, the resource to defeat the enemy and his schemes through this power of the Holy Spirit. I said last week, that I, and I want to say it again this week, is that it isn't amazing that we have this power in us. That we're, 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 I said last week that the enemy has to bow in the presence of this power. So no matter what you're facing in this life, no matter what demon you're facing in this life, it has to bow, whether it be depression or, or addiction or immorality. Whatever it is, it has to bow in the presence of Jesus. Every demon in your life, it has to bow in the presence of this power. This third person of the Trinity, this, this Holy Spirit, it spreads like a wildfire. It consumes every part of our being. It consumes everything it comes in contact with. That fire, it's inside of us, y'all. Inside of you and me. Like, that's kind of hard to believe sometimes, isn't it? But this third person of the Trinity, even though he is all that stuff, he is this Holy Spirit, he is this wildfire, today I want you to know that he is a grave robber. He is a grave robber. See, we're going to look at this story today. It's by one of our friends. He lived a long, 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 long long time ago. His name is Ezekiel. If you've been around church for a while, you probably know where I'm going with this. But Ezekiel was his prophet, right? And he was his prophet during the Babylonian captivity, right? He kind of comes toward the end of Jeremiah's ministry, and then it overlaps Daniel, um, Daniel toward the, toward the end of, of his ministry. And, but here, here's Ezekiel's deal. It's like God wanted to show Ezekiel and show the Israel people who was under Babylonian captivity the kind of God he really is. Can you imagine being in captivity for, forever? Feeling like your God has for, forgotten you? You ever feel sometimes that God, God's forgotten you? Because, I mean, listen, sometimes it's a real thing. Like, God, where are you in this? Like, I thought you said you'd take care of this. And God's like, Hold up, wait a minute. Put a little love in it. I'm just kidding. That's a, that's a song. But he just, he did, but God, God's like, God, but sometimes it's it, like we feel like God's abandoned us. And I'm, I'm just, like Ezekiel is here to tell Israel that there is going to be new life coming. Like you just hold your britches. 
because it's coming. And but he's this prophet dude, right? And he like he was this like he was almost like he. I mean, he told parables. He he spoke prophecies, and but he wasn't. He was a he was actually like Jeremiah. He was a priest before he was a prophet. And it wasn't until he was thirty years old that he he that he felt called to do this prophecy thing. And this in this prophecy we're going to the story that we're going to look at today is this amazing story that God gave him a vision of. It's a little I mean, it's it's a little weird. It's out like this, the Lord took hold of me. It's Ezekiel thirty-seven, starting in verse one. The Lord took a hold of me. And here's the first thing you got to realize if you're taking notes is that for life to come, you have to understand that true life only begins when the Spirit take, takes hold of you. True life only begins when the Spirit takes hold of you. See, the life you're living outside of your relationship with, with your Creator is not a, really a life at all. It's why, it's why Ephesians 2 would say that you are dead in your trespasses and sins, and dead things aren't living, are they? I say this often. You would think I was crazy if there was uh, doing a funeral right here and I said, all Johnny has to do is stand up and he'll be all right. Because dead people can't do anything. You're like, man, that preacher's drinking too much of the communion wine or something. I don't know. You think I was crazy. And here's why. Because a life outside of Christ is a life that is never fixed. True life only begins when the Spirit takes hold of you. Let's go on and see what it says. So, the Lord took hold of me, because that's what the Lord does. And I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with, what? Bones. And remember, I don't know if I, I haven't got one yet, but remember, if it's in red, I want you to read it with me. Okay, remember, if it's in red, I want you to read it with me. So, let's do this again. The Lord took hold of me, and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. And that's a little weird, isn't it? Can you imagine me, Ezekiel, in that moment, like, Why'd you bring me to this graveyard with all this dead? Because listen, in this culture, if it was dead, it was unclean. You don't touch these things. After you put them in the ground, you don't touch them because those dead bodies are defiled now. And if you touch it, you're defiled. You can't go and worship with anybody. You can't be around anybody because now you've touched something that is dead. So after you put them in the ground, they ain't, don't go back to them. But here's what you have to understand. That often when the Spirit moves in you, the Spirit will often take you to an unusual place. The Spirit will take you to an unusual place. Have you ever felt that? Like the Spirit, like you're like, how in the world did I end up here? Like how in the world did I end up here? Really? How in the world did I end up in a middle school? That place is weird. He knows. She knows. It's weird, ain't it? There's some weird people there. How did, how did I end up in this place in my life? How did I end up here because, you know, why did I end up in these choices? Why did I end up in this area of my life being here? Why did I end up at this job? Like, this is such a weird job. I never imagined myself working at Walmart. You know what I'm saying? You get what I'm saying? Oftentimes, God will plant us in places that, that's unusual. Like at one time, I remember me telling you a story about going to Long Branch Saloon. You know when that pizza delivery guy, he came, bought pizzas, and he said, hey, that was an unusual rock band play. And I was like, I want to show this dude the love of Jesus, so I'm going to go to this bar and listen to his band. Like that was an unusual place. But didn't you notice how Jesus oftentimes ended up in an unusual place himself? 
like sitting at tables with sinners, being right there at the tombs of dead people, raising them up from the dead. Because here's the thing. For the Spirit to move in your life, you often have to start from rock bottom. You have to start from what's dead in your life. Like He'll take you there. He'll take you to the lowest point of your life so that you can see that you need His power and His Spirit. Let's go on to verse number 2. He led, me, he led me all around among the bones that covered the valley floor. And maybe you're here and you feel like you're dried up. Anybody feel like they're dried up? Like, I feel exhausted today. That's one reason why I drank a Monster Energy drink. I feel exhausted. But maybe, maybe, maybe you feel that way in your, like in your spiritual life. Maybe you just feel like, man, I haven't heard from God in forever. Like, I used to hear him, hear him speak to me through his word. And now when I read it, I just get confused. Or maybe when you try to do the right thing, it never turns out quite right. And if you're here and you feel like you're dried up this, this morning, I'm about to say you're about to have some life. In verse two, verse two, it goes on to say they were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. There was nothing, like nothing, no life in them at all. And verse three says. Then he asked me, son of man, can these bones become people again, living people again? Oh, sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. Here's what I want you to write down. It's like that life always begins with a question. Life always begins with a question. Have you ever noticed when Jesus, before Jesus did a lot of his miracles, he would ask the person a question? Like, like crazy questions, right? Like obvious questions like, do you really want to be well? Do you really want me to give you sight? Because your new life always begins with a question of, do you really want to live? Do you really want to live? Because the life I'm going to give you, Jesus says, is going to blow your mind. The life he's going to give you is like what Habakkuk says, in the back of one five, when he says, "When he says, it's sitting in there, so don't be like freaking out." When he says, "You know what? You want life? I'm about to do something in your own day, something that you wouldn't even believe if somebody told you." That's the kind of life I'm gonna give you. That's the kind of power I'm gonna give you. So, do you really want it? Can those dry bones in you really live again? It always begins with a question. Ezekiel 37, you're going to hate me today because it's like every verse I'm going to say something, so just bear with me. I was up late last night. I got to go preach at another church last night. A bunch of middle school and high school kids. It was pretty cool. So just bear with me because I'm a little all over the place. All right. Verse number four. Then he said to me, speak. That was good. Let's do this again. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to the bones and say, Dry bones, listen to, listen, that's right. Listen to the word of the Lord. Listen to the word of the Lord. And here's the thing that you have to understand about this passage. You know what it says? Then he said to me, speak. Here's what you need to know. The spirit will guide you or guide us to speak into what is dead in our lives. Because until you recognize it, until you speak into it, nothing's ever going to change. Until you acknowledge what's wrong in your life and what's dead in your life, it's never going to change. 
He's going to call you out to speak to what is dead in you. For some of you, it may be that addiction or that depression or whatever the case may be. But the Spirit's going to call you to speak on it. To say it verbally because there's something about speaking something that brings it to light. That's why he says speak to the, to the, to the, to the, to the bones. Prophesy to these bones. We're about to find out what he's going to prophesy. Okay? But here's what you need to know. This is what's important to know is that God's truth about himself and his truth about us, that's what's important. So we've got to speak those truths into our life. I've said that a lot lately. You, for you to survive, for you to be living, you have to speak God's truth over the lie because we are believing a lie this morning. That lie's from the enemy that says you're not good enough, you're not worthy, and really, and really honest, that is absolutely true. We are unworthy to receive this love of Jesus. But here's the, here's the catch. He only gives partial truth. That's why it's a lie. Because half-truths are lies. You with me? It's only partial truth because we know that we are unworthy. But we have a Savior who came to make us clean and put that worthiness in us. So we have to speak that in our lives. Yeah, I may, I may be unworthy and I may not deserve this but I have a God who says you know what my, through my love I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you what you need to deserve it we got to speak those truths in our lives this is who I am in Christ I don't believe the lies of the enemy I am who he says I am not who you say I am enemy he says I'm a child of the king and he goes on to say this in Ezekiel 37 5 he says this is what the sovereign Lord says look I'm going to put breath into you and make you live again. Verse 6. I will put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. And I, will, and I will put breath into you and you will come to life. Oh, yeah. Then you will know that I am the Lord. You will know that I am the Lord. And here's the crazy thing. That word breath there, the reason I had you say it a bunch of times in there. It's because that word breath is an important word. It comes from this Hebrew word or this ancient word that's pneuma. Pneuma, which means breath, wind, or spirit. It actually means all three of those things in one. Breath, wind, spirit. So, if you, so now you can say that you're a theologian because you know this. Okay? You're welcome. Mama... But it's Numa. It's kind of like saying, like you're walking into your mama's house and, what's, and you say, what's Numa? Like, get it? Never mind. Preacher joke. Numa. That's why like in Genesis 1 and 2 where it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep of the waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. If you look at that in the original Hebrew, what it says is, is, is that, is that, is that, is that the, the Numa, the wind of God, or Numa, the Spirit, Holy Spirit, or Numa, the breath of God covered the earth, where it's Numa. That's why we can say all three, Elohim is the Hebrew word for God in Genesis 1. It's Elohim is the, the it's the kind of like this plural name of God, which that's why we can say all three of them were there in the presence of creation. So booyah, Jehovah Witnesses. Sorry, that was mean. I'm sorry. Because here's what we have to understand. 
is that life begins with breath, pneuma, with wind, pneuma, and spirit, pneuma of God. That's why in Acts 2 where it says, and a mighty rushing pneuma entered the room. And pneuma, like fire, fell from the sky. And it filled up pneuma with the breath of God. That word's powerful. Next time you're in a situation and you don't know what to do to say pneuma, you better, you better get to blowing. <laughs> but breath, like this, this idea of breath. His life begins with breath, pneuma. Wind, pneuma, or spirit, pneuma. Let me show you what happens in verse, starting in verse 7. So I spoke... This message, I thought I put that in red. I did. So I spoke this message just as he told me. And suddenly as I spoke, there was a rattling noise. You imagine being in this valley with all these dead bones and all of a sudden you're hearing a... Sorry if you're recording. I, in the recording I just hit my thing across the valley. I told you I'm a little tired. I spoke and there was this rattling noise all across the valley. And the bones of each body came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. Then as I watched muscles and flesh formed of the, over the bones, the skin formed to cover their bodies, but they still had no breath in them. They still had no breath in them. Can you imagine being there? Because what would we say? Breath equals life. The spirit equals life. So here's these just bodies standing there. You imagine being Ezekiel in this moment. Like for me, I'd be like, dunna, dunna, Walking Dead theme song. Okay? Like, it's crazy to think. But here's what happens. Is that when we receive breath, we have to speak. When we receive breath, we have to speak. Because Ezekiel here, in this story, Ezekiel in this story, he has this breath in him. The crazy thing about the Old Testament is that, you know, we have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit continuously. In this, in this, in this time period, the Holy Spirit came upon people to, for, for a specific purpose, then left. The Holy Spirit came back and then left. And in this moment, he had the Holy Spirit into him, and which caused him to speak to what was dead in this, in this valley. But here's what we have. We have this Holy Spirit who lives in us continuously. That's why we can speak constantly to the dead that's in our life. That's why, that's why the New Testament says pray continuously. Because Jesus already knows what you're praying for. That prayer is for you to speak into the mess in your life. Because when we have this Holy Spirit, it's this constant, cleanse me, heal me. It's this constant yearning for more of our relationship with God. And I will say this, and I'm saying it because I love you. If there's not this constant yearning to know God and to know God more, to be a better person, then, my, then you may need to question if you really have this. And I'm not saying that to be mean. And I'm not saying you have to go read John Edwards for four hours every morning and you know, memorize the Bible. I'm not saying that, but if there's not this yearning that's inside of you, then the Spirit's probably not there, which would mean that you're probably really not a follower of Jesus. But that could change today because we're talking about how God brings dead things to the darkness of our life. 
Because when we receive the breath, we have to speak into the darkness of our lives. Ezekiel 37, 9 goes on to say, Then he said to me, Speak a prophetic message to the winds. Wait. Speak a prophetic message to the pneuma. The wind, the spirit, the breath. So we're speaking to the Holy Spirit here. So he says, speak, speak, to the prophet, speak a prophetic message to the winds, to this pneuma, son of man. Speak a prophetic message and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath. Are you saying come to the Holy Spirit? It's okay to say, I want more of you. That's what it's all about. I want more of your spirit. Come, breath, from the four winds. That's because the Spirit can come in from any direction. It can come in from all directions. Because when we sing songs like, um, you know, like, when I feel like I'm surrounded, I'm surrounded by you, that's because he comes from all four winds, y'all. Breathe into these dead bones. Put breath into these dead bones so they may live again. So I spoke the message as he commanded me. And breath came into their bodies. They all came to life, stood up to their feet, a great army. Some of us just need to speak to the Holy Spirit and say, come. Come, Holy Spirit. I'm struggling with this. I don't know what to do. Just, I just need you to come. I need you to be that healer in my life. I need you to be that comforter. I need you to cleanse out that dead, dead stuff in my life. And here's the thing. I don't know about you, but I'm ready. Are you ready? Are you ready for that? There is life in the Spirit. If you're taking notes, I want you to write that down. There is life in the Spirit. He will bring, he will bring what's dead to life again. We try to fill our lives up with things that we think would give us more life, but in reality, they just get us more depressed. That's why I love and hate Christmas time. Like, how dare you say you hate Christmas? Well, sometimes I hate it. Because you buy your kids something, they like it for two days, and then it's not any good anymore. You go and build castles with the cardboard boxes. That, you know what I'm saying? Because we try to fill our lives with this stuff that doesn't matter, that we lose interest in. We think we can find life in this. Like when I first got my Toyota Tundra Rock Warrior, man, I was like, I loved it. But now it's just kind of like, do I really have to clean this car out? <laughs> we, we had to yesterday, okay? So all of us would fit in it. I mean, there was mounds of clothes in it. It was ridiculous. Brittany goes, I can't believe you let your truck eat like this. Because I lost, really lost interest in it. I love my truck, but I kind of, it's kind of like, there's no life in it anymore for me. That's because we, we try to fill our things with stuff that really has no value at all. That's a hunk of metal. That's all it is. Like one day, it's going to be sitting in a junkyard, rusting to pieces. This phone that I have in my pocket, it's already obsolete, let, let alone... Okay, let alone what it's going to be like tomorrow. Like if you got a new phone this morning, here in eight hours, it's outdated. Okay? I've got to have this new iPhone, which I love iPhones. They're awesome. 
there's a little promotion there. They'll, they'll, maybe they'll send me a free one now. <laughs> you, you get what I'm saying, though? We fill our lives with stuff that doesn't matter, thinking it has value, and we lose interest in it. Like every day at school, I see a bunch of teenage people, kids throwing their phones against the center block wall. I'm like, no! You're, I, would, I would shoot Zane Lyric. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like none of this stuff matters. We think life comes from it. In reality, the only thing that we have that gives us life is the Holy Spirit. It's the only thing that can raise these dead bones to life. We put we put we try, we think there's life in our kids, which kids are awesome. I love my kids, but we put too much weight on them. And listen, I'm almost, I'm just gonna be honest. Like I love sports. You know that's why I, I coach football for a little bit. I love going and watching my kids play soccer all day yesterday. It's, it's fun. But sometimes we put too much on our kids thinking that that is life. And then when they don't meet up to our expectations, sometimes we, we get depressed. Like, listen, I, we lost every game last year. You talk about depressing. <laughs> Sitting on the sideline like, everybody's looking at the back of my head right now. I ain't going to turn around. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? And some people got tore up from the floor up, and I'm just like, hey, listen, in the grand scheme of things, Debbie's not really that important. And I look at people who, like, who like put so much into, like, their job, which jobs are important. If, if you don't work, you don't eat, the Bible says. But they put so much weight in that that they, like, and here's, I, I struggle with this, too. You can ask Brittany. Like, I fail at this all the time. Like, sometimes I put work and ministry before my family, and that's wrong. Because I think there's life in that, and really it can drain you more than any of that. You know what I'm saying, though? Like, we put, so much stu- we put so much value on stuff that doesn't even matter. Some of us put so much value on people's opinion of us, it's ridiculous. Let me get the right side for this selfie. Let me try to make this look good. And when really there's darkness behind you. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's ridiculous the value that we put on things. When the Holy Spirit says, I am the only thing that can give you real life. I'm the only thing that can give you real life. All that other stuff's fun to do, like playing football is fun to do, right? Right, Nick? Nick's all like, don't call me out in service. Don't do it. Don't do it, Mr. McCarter. Don't do it. Like, football's awesome. Getting that paycheck is the bomb. <laughs> Getting those hundred likes on your Instagram post. Because you didn't, because you showed the nostril that didn't have the booger in it. You know what I'm saying? Those things are awesome. Those are incredible. I'm saying, go do them 100 percent, 100 percent. But don't leave the spirit behind when you do it. Be the best football player. Be the best Instagram social media poster. Be the best principal. Be the best whatever your role is in life. Be the best at it. But don't let that be what defines who you are because we're not defined by those things. We're defined by God in heaven who sent his son not to condemn the world but maybe through him the world may be saved. That's what we're defined by. That's what we should teach our kids that we should be defined by. That's what we should tell ourselves because sometimes we have to speak the whole truth and nothing but the truth to ourselves. 
do it on the daily. Dick, I know you're good looking, but you're not. Don't do it. Put Jesus first. I'm just kidding. You've got to be real with yourself and put the Holy Spirit before any of this if you want to have true life. And listen, when you do that, you will feel so free. So free for the first time. Free. And I'm not talking about like free food free. I'm saying like free, like for real. I'm thinking of bedtime stories. You know the Adam Sandler movie? I don't know if you've ever seen it. Probably just me. But you know when he's, I don't know, but he's standing in front of this window because they're having they're telling these dreams. And in this dream, he, because, well, let me say this. This is free, and if we need to cut this out of the sermon, it's the recording, it's okay. But like, so this story, this uncle is taking care of his niece and nephew, and they tell this dream, and some, stuff in this dream come true. So he's like, that's it. So he goes and tells them, um, tells them, has them tell another story, and he kind of coaches the story along to where he gets a free Ferrari, try to get a free Ferrari, right? So here's he standing at the Ferrari shop going, how's this going to happen? And this guy standing behind him, and he's like, are you going to give me a Ferrari for free? <laughs> and the guy goes, well, yes. Just close your eyes and say this, and as he's closing his eyes, he steals his wallet. <laughs> so you can cut that out of the sermon. I mean, I'm just it's just this idea, guys. You know, like, there's only life, only life in the Spirit. That's why Ezekiel goes on to say in verse 11, Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones represent the people of Israel, the people of the church, the people in this room, the people outside of this room. So we need to make it relevant to us, right? We need to see ourselves in the stories. So I'm going to admit your name. This represents Jaina. This represents Brian. This represents Derek and Christy and all of us in this room misrepresents Israel. They were saying we have become old, dry bones. All hope is gone. Out of them say our nation is finished. Therefore prophesy to them say this is what the sovereign Lord says on my people. I will open your graves. I don't think y'all felt that like I did when I read it this week. I will open your graves of exile. And I will cause you to rise again. If you're not, if you're not dead, you're not done, y'all. I don't care what your past holds. I don't care, I don't care what you've done in your past. God is not done with you at all. You will rise again, but you've got to have the breath, this pneuma in you. Then I will bring you back to the land of Israel. I will bring you back to the very spot where you last felt me and seen me move. I'll get you back there. Well, it goes on to say, when this happens, oh my people, you will know that I am the Lord. I will put my spirit in you and you will live again and return home to your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and I have done what I said. Yes, the Lord is the, has spoken. And here's what he's telling you this morning, y'all. Is that I've already spoken freedom over your life. So all you have to do is take that first step. Because that first step is always the hardest. Well, what I, I want to know two or three steps in the head. No, no, no. You got. You just take the first step. Like, you know, the f most famous Psalms 23. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for he is my lamp. That guy's my feet. Here's the deal. Lamps in that time, it didn't go very far. 
It wasn't like these 100,000 beam flashlights we have these days. You could only see one step. You may only see one step in this valley that you're in. And that's all you need to know because he already said, I'm going to guide your steps. I'm going to lead you through this valley. You just have to take that light, that breath, and just go. Just take that step. It's the first step. That's always the hardest. It's always the first step that's hardest. you got to trust that the Holy Spirit has your back. Because he says, I'm a grave robber, and I'm going to open up your graves. But you have to let him. You have to want it. you got to speak it. I want to be free. I want what's good for me. I want the best for me, God. So whatever is best, you know what's best for me. Come in from the four winds. Rush inside of me. Come, Numa. Breath of God, wind of God, move. Because when that does happen, not only will it move in you, but it will flow from you into those around you. And then that's really how we change the world. That's how we change South Knoxville. It's because we have the Spirit living in us. And it's like a raging wildfire. It consumes all of us, but we have to let it consume us. It's like a wildfire. It consumes all of us, and it's going to consume our households. It's going to consume the places that we, where we play. And this world will be changed forever. Because Jesus said, Jesus said, the gates of hell will not prevail against this. That means, listen, in the end, we win. So no matter how bad this world gets, guess what? We have victory because we have the Spirit. On this rock, I will build my church. On this rock, I will build my church. What's built on a rock cannot be shaken. Are you with me? So let's, cel- let's celebrate this week a life where Jesus, the Spirit says, I'm a grave robber. I'm going to open up that grave. I'm going to open that dead stuff inside of you, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you live forever. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to be here this morning, God. And I just, I just want to celebrate the fact that you are a grave robber, that you open up what's dead in our lives. You bring it to life. You bring this pneuma, this breath, this wind, this spirit into us. So I just pray that we live in the fullness of that. And so I'm going to speak into my life. I'm going to speak into the lives of these people, God, that Holy Spirit come. Holy Spirit come. Come in like a rushing wind. Consume us. Let us live for you. Guide our every step. Give us faith to trust you. I pray all this in your name.